and we're live. Yo, what's up, friends? Welcome back to Like, Comment, and Subscribe, the podcast uh, where I take a three-month break after doing one episode. I'm essentially the Korea Tyler of podcasts. Shout out to all the chokesters who know that references. Um, but this is the first podcast where we're live and there's video. Uh, I don't expect anyone to see this video, but if I do happen to post it, what's up? It's very weird because usually I'm used to talking at my camera lens and there's a microphone right above it. But right now I'm talking straight into a microphone, but then looking at the camera. It's kind of like a new world for me. Um, and let's just jump into what's been going on. So I also, I apologize. I don't know what the audio sounds like. Uh, you can't see it, but my desk is over there and my computer screen is facing the opposite direction. Um, so I can't really see if the audio is being picked up and I'm too lazy and couldn't be bothered to actually move my computer to face me right now. Um, plus my, um, my sister is in the room directly next to me and, uh, she's, uh, doing some job stuff so i gotta be keep it down doing some asmr podcasting um but does anyone watch asmrs anymore I, like i feel as though like three to four months ago that was like really really taken off like the summer and maybe i'm just out of the loop but, but i feel like it's not as prevalent as it used to be and thank goodness for that because i really did not enjoy it at all i thought the jokes were horrible overused like the one i just did and I just didn't, and I mean, I did not find it enjoyable, but if someone else did, you know, more power to them. Um, that's for sure. Um, so yeah, let's jump into, uh, the last, uh, three months. So I think the last time I posted was like the first or second week of September. And now we're into the third week of December and a lot's happened in that time. Um, there's been a whole lot of breakdowns. There's also been a lot of good laughs, um, for sure. But I think, I think it, let's start with September. So September was kind of like the month that I gave myself after I left my job to really, you know, focus, hunker down and focus on what it was I wanted to do content creation wise. Like I left my job to do YouTube um, slash video production, photography stuff. And I really had no direction going forward. I had been doing a lot of YouTube on the side and really no photography gigs at all. Um, I just knew I was possible to make money off of it because I had friends that did it and a lot of YouTubers that I looked at were doing it. And I'm like, I probably can do that. I'm a decent photographer. And so I spent uh, September really kind of trying to focus in on that. So I gave myself a, um, I made myself do three videos a week uh, through September. And I didn't really have a consistent schedule. It was just, I just knew I had to do three videos in in seven days, essentially what those seven days were. I don't know. And it was, it really pushed me to constantly be thinking. There was a lot of times when I just, I, I didn't feel burnout. It wasn't burnout, but it was like, a f I was forcing ideas out. And a lot of the content I was creating was kind of regurgitated content that I'd seen online. I wasn't trying to, I wasn't trying to be original because I just wanted to kind of get into the flow of making videos and I think in the beginning, there's that's completely okay to do for sure, but it, it it definitely very quickly became a job again. It wasn't something I was necessarily passionate about. It it was kind of like that YouTube grind. It was I had the grind to make this video. 
on a half-assed idea that I came up with an hour before that I kind of just have to roll with because I need to get a video out by tomorrow morning or something like that. Um, and like I said, it kept me, it kept me busy. It kept me constantly thinking. I felt very in tuned with what was going on in the, the realm of YouTube, as well as kind of motivated me just to keep working. And I did that for a month and for a solid month. I got, uh, I think I got between like 12 and 15 videos out in that time. And I was really proud of that because I would look at my channel, which was very, you know, very low. I had maybe at most 10 videos at the time. And now I was, you know, clocking in at like 25 or so. I felt good about that. I'm like, yeah, I can actually scroll now. <laughs> it's not just like I look at it and like, oh, there's the videos. No, I actually can scroll. Um, and I really, really enjoyed that. So what I, um, so with that, I give myself a month and then I'm like, after a month, I'm like, okay, it's been four to five weeks now. I made all these videos. I kind of need to just take a step back and refocus because I really jumped into this hard enough. And honestly, I've, probably shouldn't have stopped right away. I mean, I told myself after four or five weeks of doing it, that I'm like, I deserve at least a week break off to kind of just like figure out what I wanted to do. And that was probably a little bit of laziness. They kind of like, I just kind of want to take a break from this. Um, but also, and I get, I guised it under the fact that, Oh, it's a, you know, it's a, a rebranding or a refocus or whatever. Um, and, and it was in that time that I kind of got disenchanted with everything. Um, I wasn't working anymore and I kind of enjoyed just being able to do whatever it is I wanted to and picking up my camera wasn't like always the first thing on my list necessarily. And, but I always kind of had this, this nagging, like you need to get back to YouTube. You need to start doing something. Um, but in that time I was getting hired as a photographer and I was making a decent amount of money and I had saved up a decent amount from my time at my previous job. And I was just kind of coasting with it. It felt good, you know, for the first time, um, really since like high school, I was, I didn't have a job. I wasn't in school. Like I could just, I could just do what I wanted to. And it was, it was really fun. Um, but then I kind of had a crisis after a few weeks where I was like, I need to get into this. I feel like I can't just get back into it now for whatever reason. So I decided I was going to take a month long road trip, um, from October 1st to October 21st, 22nd, about three weeks or so. I was going to tour, um, kind of go up from, from DC up to Maine into Canada and then back down through the Midwest back home. And that I had everything planned out for the most part. I had it planned out where I was going to be. It was essentially a city every other day. Um, but what I didn't have planned out was what I would do in those cities or where I'd stay. And oddly enough, those are probably the most important things that you need to plan when you try and travel. It's not just because you usually think about, Oh, I'm going to travel. Like where do I want to go? That's an important thing. And it is important, but how are you going to stay once you get there? And what are the activities to do? That's a little bit less important, but we'll get into why it was hard later on. So I was doing this on, a, on my own and I didn't want to spend that much money. I had given myself maybe like a $500 budget for all three weeks, which was, it's very low for a three-week trip. And for someone like me that somewhat enjoys luxuries, I don't live a luxurious life, but I definitely live a content life. I would go with that. And for me, it 
the food thing wasn't bad. I went to Costco a few days prior and I got a whole bunch of black beans. I got a bunch of water and then like snacks. Like I budgeted out where I would not be hungry. I would not be eating anything very good. I'd be eating, you know, beans out of a can for, I don't know what, two weeks, three weeks. Um, that wasn't too bad. And as far as the staying thing, I decided, well, Hotels are really expensive and Airbnbs aren't as bad, but I'm still looking at a decent amount of money. So the two options that I settled on was one, sleeping in my car and couch surfing. And if you don't know what couch surfing is, it's actually an app that's kind of sort of like Airbnb and where that people that have homes can host people to come, you know, essentially sleep on their couch or it could be a full room. It's whatever the person has. It's essentially the free version of Airbnb, but the whole premise and concept behind it is that you don't just kind of mooch off of these people when you couch surf you actually go to meet the the people that are living there uh to get and kind of you know make friends like it's it's a social thing it's more than airbnb where it's like a money-making thing and to me that that was nerve-wracking but like that's not too bad i'll just i'll find some people that um that really seem really cool and i'll just crash at their place and then you know they maybe they can show me around and kind of entertain me so day one, October 1st, I leave first thing in the morning, crack of dawn, head up to Philly, spend the day in Philadelphia, which was a lot of fun photographing. And then I go to my aunt and uncle's house up in New Jersey. Fortunately, that they could let me, they let me stay the night. And already after day one, I was feeling the strains of this. I had left, I had, you know, eaten the food that was in my car some of it, and I did not satisfy me at all canned beans and pretzels and water is not a satisfying thing at all and i realized that my time in philly i only like budgeted like four hours but those four hours felt like eight hours because i was all alone i had nothing to do i went to independence hall i went to like the capitol building i walked around like the steps where rocky was like i was photographing i took some cool pictures i'm really excited of but I really just, I felt so lonely and so bored the entire time I was doing that. And I went to my aunt and uncle's and it was kind of nice to, nice to see them. But I knew that, you know, the next night I was going to have to try and find a place to sleep because I hadn't really settled on anything yet. I had the couch setting, the couch surfing app, but I hadn't really sent any requests out. So I knew that I, the next day, not only did I have to go to the next place I was going, which was Albany, was that I needed to actually kind of do some managerial stuff and figure out where I was going to stay. Um, so next day comes, I leave very early in the morning, head straight to Albany. It's a rainy, disgusting day. The drive is long and boring. And I get to Albany, and fortunately in that time, I had settled a place to stay with um, with a guy through couch surfing that just a single guy. He had a like a one-bedroom. He had a couch that I literally could sleep on. And we were talking back and forth, and he seemed really, really cool. But I spent all day in Albany and I got soaking wet and I, I didn't have a place to go because I couldn't go to his place until like after six or seven when I got home from work. And this time it was like two o'clock and I was soaking wet. I didn't know what to do. I could spend the time in my car or to a coffee shop, but I'm like, I don't, I'm not familiar with the city. I don't really know what to do. So I ended up waiting around and fortunately I got a phone call from my sister um, saying that she was in New York and she had an extra room in her, in her hotel that I could, I could have. And 
I was like, I, you know what? I don't really want to stay with this random stranger. I'm not really comfortable doing this. I really am cold and wet. I just want to go. So I drove three hours from Albany to New York City and spent the time with her. And then I had originally planned to head, um, head to Boston after that, but a friend, um, in New York when the meetup. And so I decided to spend the day with him. Then we crashed at his place and it was really fun. I had a great time in New York city. We met a group of magicians at this magic shop and we went and got dinner with them. They showed us a bunch of tricks and it was, it was a really good time. I made some good friends that way. But after this, it was three days. And so on that Thursday I left in the morning. Um, and I was like, I'm going to continue this trip. I feel, you know, reinvigorated. I'm ready to keep going. So I, I left and I headed, um, I left New York city on that Thursday morning and I went to, um, Connecticut and I was going along the beaches on my way making my way to Boston. And I was about, again, maybe two and a half, three hours outside the city again and made my first stop at this beach and I was taking pictures and I was looking around and it was, this time it was October and it wasn't too cold. And it was a nicer day, I suppose, than most other days. And there were a lot of people on the beach. And a lot of more, you know, more or less retired elderly people. And they were all kind of coupled up. And I don't want this to get into like a whole like love thing because it's not. But I, I saw everyone, how happy they were having someone with them. And here I was alone walking this beach, taking pictures of seagulls and the ocean and rocks and things. You take pictures at the beach that really aren't that interesting, but you're trying to just entertain yourself. And I was like, this isn't what I want to do. This, this trip that I I was trying to make before I turned 26 to kind of like find myself and, you know, enjoy just the spontaneity of being, doing whatever I wanted to. I didn't enjoy it. So I had, had another breakdown and I decided that it's it's time that I I head home and so Thursday I spent it was a long time it was like seven or eight hours in the car driving straight back to DC got in kind of late on that Thursday and that was the end of the trip for the most part um and it's interesting in in that in that though the trip and it's so much earlier than I expected it to. I didn't feel like I let myself down that much because on day two, that's when I had my first breakdown. And that was the worst one. It was only two days in, day and a half, really. And I was in my car and I just broke down. I didn't know what I was doing doing this. I was scared. I was lonely. I was tired. I was wet. And I... At that point, that's when I said, I can't turn back yet. If I turn back now, I really am giving up. So I pushed on and I gave it two more days. And after that, I decided that I really could turn around. Um, and I could have gone further. I could have spent another another two days and then maybe another two days. But after three and a half, four days, I realized that a road trip, you really need, it's something that you, at least for me, not everyone maybe, like you need to experience with someone. You need to go on these things and, and share them with you because individual experiences are great for times when you kind of need to get away from everyone. But when you're just separating yourself from society and you're just trying to just 
be on your own, you really need someone there at least to kind of help you along the way, even if it's not someone that's physically there, someone that's just you can lean on a phone call or text. And and for me, I really needed someone there with me to give me that confidence and the drive to keep going, <laughs> literally to keep driving. So I turned back and I realized that that was just, I, I learned a lot about myself in the time. Time alone, you will learn so much about yourself because you kind of just forced to deal with things that typically you don't force yourself to deal with. And I, I was happy that I at least gave it another two days before I turned back around. And it ended up turning out that a week and a half later, um, I had a friend that was taking vacation time during the last week of October. And so we drove to Chicago together and spent a week um, on this road trip. And that was a lot more fun having someone else there. Plus it was nice that we had like, we got Airbnbs and we ate at actual restaurants and actually did things. And that made it a lot more fun, but at least having a, a friend of yours there, it makes the experience so much better because then you can share about it and you know, you grow together and it's not just such an individual, you know, selfish, personal kind of thing. So that was October and then Halloween came around. Um, and by that time I had, I was so far away from doing YouTube. It'd been, it'd been about a, three and a half, four weeks since I had made a video and I was still disenchanted from the whole YouTube experience that I had given myself prior. So I ended up just not making videos. I told myself that I was this month long trip I was going to take. I would vlog the entire experience and then kind of make like a 15 minute, like highlight reel video about everything, like a cinematic movie. I was going to spend a lot of time with. And I, because the trip was only four days, I didn't get really any material. And so I just didn't, I didn't do anything with the, the footage I got. And I kind of was like, Oh, I don't know if I can really make another video. Cause I, I kind of promised I would do this one. And so I kept putting it off and I'm like, Oh, maybe I'll take another trip. I'll do a vlog about that. And then I'll use that footage. And then just one thing led to the next. And then I started dating someone and then it was Thanksgiving. And then I got broken up with, and then it's December and I'm finally getting back into content creation. And obviously it glazed over a lot of stuff that, that happened in that time outside of the whole trip. But I think the trip kind of what is really what, what started this cascading effect of me not creating for the last two months. I mean, it's been a solid two months since I've made anything that I'm necessarily super proud of. I did some client work and I am proud of that. But for personal gain, for YouTube and for you all, Really, there hasn't been anything, and I don't want that to happen again because I've realized that self-worth is probably one of the biggest things that I need in life to feel validation. I need to prove to myself that I'm, I'm worth something and that, and that I'm worth other people's time. And the only way I can really prove that to myself is by creating and showing people. And if they don't like it, they don't like it. But at least I spent the time and I tried it. And if they don't like it, I'll 
try something else or they don't like it and I like it, I know that I'm happy with doing what I'm doing. And it's, I think that's really, really the big, big takeaway from all this, um, from these three months, these two months off and these three months since I lasted a podcast was that, you know, don't put too much on your plate right away. Don't be so motivated that you burn out quickly because motivations, it's a fleeting feeling that will probably be gone by the next time you have a meal. Um, that you need to kind of, you need to just do things and take risks and be outside your comfort zone to really start living because I got really comfortable I, when I stopped making videos. I got comfortable just doing nothing. Like, oh, I just, I, I didn't do my trip. Oh, I, you know, I'm dating this girl. Yeah, I'm still, I live at home. Like, I'm, I, I get some jobs here and there that kind of, you know, help me pay the bills that I need to pay. Like, I got comfortable with just being complacent with everything. And you can really get lost in that. And I definitely got lost in that. And I'm still, I'm still pretty deep in it. I'm not going to lie. Like this is the start and it could end here. I really hope it doesn't though, because it feels good just to kind of get out and express all this and to tell you whether you listen to this at all or, skip through it or didn't get to this part or whatever but it feels good just to get it out that's for sure and to get back into content creation so <laughs> that got really off the rails i don't know i don't know what i was expecting for this podcast i was expecting kind of like an insight and to kind of like update you all and what's been going on but it kind of just became like a mushy like self-therapy kind of thing but isn't that kind of like all anytime we ever film ourselves like every time you see a vlogger it's kind of like a self-therapy it's either like a flex or like a self-therapy kind of thing i don't know also can we, can we just rant about like the fact that i'm like so tired of like the vlog format that's been going on now now to be fair i only got into vlogging like a year a year and a couple months ago like as far as watching it so I, I was completely past the whole Roman Atwood, Casey Neistat daily vlogging stuff, like way past it. By the time I got in, daily vlogging wasn't really a thing that these major people did anymore, you know. So I get it. Like back then, I'm sure I had less to, you know, complain about like people that probably were watching Casey from the beginning. Well, like the vlog is the same thing. It's an eight minute video that starts with like some like poppy music. And then it's like him walking into a room and then not walking and walking out of the room and then sitting down at his desk and then that vlog format. But I now, but then the vlogger I got into really started watching was Peter McKinnon. And I remember about a year ago when I first saw him, like I fell in love with him. Like this guy is amazing. Like his, these videos are so captivating and I'm not at all taking away what Peter has done and the credit he deserves because he is a fantastic filmmaker and content creator. But his style now with like the like amount of like B roll that he like puts into his videos is like, it's the same thing. It's like you he walks into a room that's like picturesque and it's like a B roll. Like I could walk into my bedroom right now and like, well, I'm going to do like a close up shot of this guitar here and like the texture on the couch. And then I'm going to like do a wide angle, like moving through everything. And it's like, 
the same thing over and over again. And like the the dope squad that Peter has, you know, necessarily has coined or whoever coined it, they all do the same thing. I mean, like they give their content is definitely some of the better content I've seen on YouTube for sure. They care passionately about what they do and they actually, they teach and motivate and inspire. And it's great. I don't want to take anything away, but I guess I, I'm ranting here because like, I want someone to make like a new format. I'm re- I think we're ready. I think enough people now have been familiar with YouTube. Like three years ago, it wasn't the case a year ago. It wasn't exactly the case, but now in 2018 going into 2019, just about every single person, at least one knows what YouTube is. And half of them probably have at least some way or another engaged with someone that either creates videos for YouTube or is actually creating themselves. And so I feel like with all these creators out there, you know, it's the market's so saturated that you really kind of need the standouts by doing something different and you need to be doing something different for a while. Cause I mean, usually when you see something different for the first time, you're like, what is this? This is, this is kind of weird. And it's amazing. Typically you're like, this is not what I'm used to. Like, why, why is the B roll this way? Like it should be this way. Like obviously it doesn't know anything. And it's as you keep watching, you're like, Oh, like I kind of, you, you connect with the creator. I think that's the main thing It's like you look at their content. If you don't love it immediately. So like Shane Johnson, what you saying? Cause Shane, I feel as though is a very, very, a controversial YouTuber. Um, but he's gained so much love, you know, in the last year for sure. And you can either love or hate Shane, but what he does is he has like his vlog style, which is kind of, you know, cringy and not the best. It's not like a high end, it's just kind of him, his friends holding a camera are kind of shaky, just like talking. Sometimes you don't know what he's saying. It's just kind of like, they don't look, pretty that you know he does kind of houses a wreck or they just kind of go around it's kind of like what is this kind of cringy content but at least that's what i thought at first when i started watching shane and then you kind of you watch more of his videos you see maybe more of his conspiracy videos or like the series that he does on like jake paul or jeffrey star and you kind of realize oh i actually kind of like shane's personality or you don't but in this case we'll say we do you like Shane's personality. Like, oh, he's, I'm kind of connecting with him on this level. Oh, he's been, he's really struggled through a lot of things. And he's not just like another cringy YouTuber. He actually cares and knows what he's doing. And just sometimes his content isn't the best because he's just kind of making stuff. And then you go, you watch this content you originally didn't like from him that, uh, that he vlogs about. And you're like, oh, I kind of, I enjoy this now more because I, I like watching Shane. Like, you come there to watch Shane. And, I think that's kind of, that's like the mentality. That's, I mean, that's for everything. It's like when you meet a person, you may not like them right away, but over time, people typically will grow on you as you become more emotionally invested in them. So that's the thing that that happens. But I'm looking more at the technical aspect of what is a vlog and how can we, how can what can be changed about it? Cause people, when Peter McKinnon came around, it was like high end vlogging. You know, that's kind of what it was. It was like really, really crisp, awesome looking vlogs. And does that mean that vlogging now it can't be changed? Like Emma Chamberlain came in and she did some just like basic, really weird edits in hers and the whole, like taking you out, out of the vlog and kind of her two cents while she's editing. And that's pretty cool. So what's the next thing, you know? And, 
at least personally, I'm ready for the next thing as far as blogging goes and as far as YouTube, because I feel as though a lot of YouTube, again, the market's so saturated. There's like everything on there where what's going to be the next revolution or have we just hit all the content? Are there too many people on YouTube and so many people thinking that they're going to be successful on YouTube that they just, that we've, we can't transcend the content anymore. And the, the more we try, the more we're going to end up moving towards traditional media. I mean, and to be honest, that's my, that's a big fear of mine is that either one, we've hit all the content we really can do that we can consider good nowadays that the individual person can make. And the next thing that's going to happen is YouTube becomes, you know, 20th century Fox and everything on there is from a production company or a movie studio. And it's the Netflix of the internet in a way that makes no sense. It's basically, it's Netflix run by content creators that, you know, and, and to me, that's, that's something I'm kind of worried about. I really am. I really wish, um, I really hope, I guess, that the, the creator and that YouTube really chooses the creator over the big budget companies that are kind of coming in. I mean, we're already talking about T-Series taking over PewDiePie and it, 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 that is a big deal, but it's also not a big deal. Like that was something that was, that was inevitable. As soon as companies realized they could make money on YouTube, they were definitely going to start putting money into it. And it was going to grow. And sure, that's just one company. Most of the other, you know, top 100 channels are individual creators. But think about how much YouTube has changed in three years. Three years ago, Markiplier exploded with his FNAF. That was only three years ago. The adpocalypse was, I guess, that is like two years ago. But the Logan Paul thing was less than a year ago and everything has changed. And it, it, it could just take one more thing for everything to change again. I don't think that's the case. I think now the next change that's going to happen is that a lot more companies are going to come to YouTube and a lot more YouTubers are going to start leaving YouTube. And that's, I don't know. I, I feel as though this is, you know, what's, what's a golden age when you can't, you know, are we living in the golden age of YouTube? And I think right now we are, I think 2015 is when YouTube hit its stride and we've, we've hit, we've hit, we've hit, we've hit the point now end of 2018. And I think 2019 is going to be the year of YouTube. I really think that YouTube is going to just take off and they're going to find their, their flow and is that going to be something that's going to be mostly just for advertisers or is it going to be something mostly for the individual viewer and the content creator? I don't know. So regardless, I think I'm going to end this here, but it's been so good talking to all of you. So thank you for listening if you did. Um, and, uh, and yeah, um, I'm off social the rest of this month. I'll be back starting January. Uh, again, another time to just kind of refresh. Uh, we'll see if that's actually the case or not. But um, if you watched this, thank you for watching it. I don't know if I'm actually going to post it, but if you did, uh, thank you. Let me know if you liked that format better or if you just would rather listen to it because I'm more of an audible listening kind of person, but I understand if you kind of just have this on in the background. Um, and eventually I want to have this live uh, for sure. 
if the whole video thing works out, if not, I might just kind of do the whole mic thing and, you know, put a podcast up. But regardless, um, friends, thank you so much for checking in. Um, and I will, um, I'll see you next time. But uh, podcast, Tuesdays, 6 a.m., I'm going to try and stick to that. At least if I don't do anything else for the next, like, month or two, 6 a.m., Tuesdays, there will be a podcast out. All right? All right, friends. Till then, peace.